0: Exodus chapter 26. We read down a great deal of the rest of the chapter from verses 15 onward because the other verses before that have to do with the coverings of the tabernacle. And if you have that picture, kind of keep it before you as we study these things and it will help you to understand. We studied all the pieces of furniture and different things there and we came down to the boards in verse 15, and it says, "...and thou shalt make boards for the tabernacle of Shittim wood, standing up. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth of one board. Two tenons shall there be in one board, set in order one against another. Thus shalt thou make for all the boards of the tabernacle. Thou shalt make the boards for the tabernacle uh, twenty boards on the south side southward, and thou shalt make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards." two sockets under one board for his two tenons, and two sockets under another board for his two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, there shall be twenty boards. And there are forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. For the sides of the tabernacle westward, that would be the back of it actually, uh, thou shalt make six boards, and two boards shalt thou make for the corners of the tabernacle in the two sides uh, and they shall be coupled together beneath and they shall be coupled together above the head of it under one ring and thus shall uh, thus shall it be for them both they shall be for the two corners and they shall be eight boards and their sockets of silver sixteen sockets two uh, sockets under one board now, all the way through you'll have two sockets of silver under one board and two sockets under another board. And thou shalt make bars of shittim wood. Actually, this word is acacia wood as well. And uh, five for the boards of one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle, uh, for the two sides westward. And the middle bar in the midst of the board shall reach from end to end. That's very important. Verse 28. And thou shalt overlay the bars with gold and make their rings of gold for places for the bars, and thou shalt overlay the bars with gold, and thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof which will show thee in the mount. So, uh, verses 15-30 through 30 in this section that we just read, we've read it before, but uh, we need to make some more remarks about it. Uh, <coughs> this tabernacle was reared up on the basis of atonement. And Christ came to make atonement for our sins, to die for a sinful man. And He received this commandment before He came into the world. Remember, Jesus said in John chapter 10, I lay down My life for the sheep. And He says, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of My Father. We've given you Scripture after Scripture to show you that... Uh, this was determined before the foundation of the world. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, and on down through verse 20, it says he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And also in Revelation, chapter, uh, let's see, chapter uh, 12, I believe it is. I don't have it at hand, but Revelation chapter 12, or 13, and verse 8. Let's see if I find it very quick. Revelation 13, and verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not written in the book of life of the of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And that one we gave you in First Peter, uh, chapter one, and verse eighteen. It says, "We were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a Lamb without blemish and." Without spot, now verse 20 says, "...who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last time for you, who by him to believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God." That's First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. So it was according to his everlasting covenant that this was established. Uh, Hebrews 13, verse 20 tells us, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, so he entered into a covenant of covenant of death for this purpose. And all these things that we studied in the tabernacle point to the fact that we are secure in the covenant that Christ made for us. Uh, he made the covenant for us that he would redeem us by his shed blood. And uh, you have a lot of things in John chapter twelve, verse twenty-seven, and thirty-two and thirty-three and that He was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Now then, let's study the boards. They were made of two materials. Acacia wood. And this speaks of the humanity of Christ. A very durable, almost incorruptible wood. Tight-grained. And it would last a long, long time, even without being covered with uh, gold. But there's another point of it. And this speaks, the acacia wood, wood speaks of the humanity of Christ. And it also speaks of His sinlessness. And then gold speaks of the deity of Christ. So you have the humanity clothed with deity. Christ came into this world and He was clothed with deity. He was man and He was God. He was the God-man. He is the man Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that uh, He is the one that is the mediator. There's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. And these tenons that spoken of on the board fit into these silver sockets. The silver sockets, some have said to weigh about 125 pounds, but I have another figure that they claim 90 pounds. But that's a pretty good weight to live. Because there was one under each tenon. So 90 and 90 is 180 pounds if you take the low figure of the weight of them. That's 180 pounds to hold up each board of foundation. You know, we pour concrete for a foundation, but these were solid, blocks of silver with the sockets made into them to receive the tenons of the boards that came into these sockets. Uh, So, these tenons fit into the silver sockets. And this allowed the boards to stand upright in a steady fashion. And the boards were tied together. There was nothing weak or shaky about this tabernacle. God had a good... Diagram and a good blueprint for it. And he told Moses, he says, you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you in the mount. You know, a lot of people start out building without any design as to what they're going to do. And they end up in confusion. And by the way, if the framework of this tabernacle could not be upheld, the framework, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, the framework represents the uh, person of Christ. The boards, the bars, the sockets, and the pillars are all symbolical of the person of Christ. And if the person of Christ cannot be maintained, his manhood and his deity, every doctrine based upon his person falls into uh, confusion. So that the framework is built upon the fact of his virgin birth, of his sinless life, of his sacrificial and atoning death, of His resurrection, of His ascension, of His being carried into the heavens, and our great high priest seated on the right hand of God. And if these things cannot be maintained, then the whole business and the doctrines of grace and of faith fall into confusion. Isn't that something? In the tabernacle, this framework represents everything about the person of Christ. That's why you find the devil attacking each and every one of these truths, what does he attack? First of all, the virgin birth. The devil, Satan, attacks the virgin birth. And all the uh, ungodly religions say that he was born just of uh, Joseph and Mary, or some have accused him of being uh, born, his father was a German soldier. That's come through the, the mill at times and various other things and that Mary conceived in an act of adultery and so on and so forth. But the Bible tells us that Christ was born of a virgin. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing couldn't be a holy thing if it's born of any man. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And so, we believe in the virgin birth. And did you know everything stands or falls upon that? if you deny the virgin birth, or if you try to try to uh, disbelieve that, you just as well not believe anything. If Christ was not God manifest in the flesh, he was just another man, and then he had sinful blood in his veins. Well we know that not to be that to be not true. he did not have sinful blood in his veins. the Bible says he was uh, made in the likeness of men, yet without sin and uh, in so many ways. So the virgin birth is at stake. Uh, the sinlessness of Christ's life. The Bible says He knew no sin, He did no sin, and in Him was no sin. Jesus said, which of you convinceth me of sin? We can't say that in front of other men, because they all can point out our sins, our shortcomings, and Everything about us. And certainly when we look inside, we can see that it's there. We have evil thoughts. We do bad things. Sometimes we don't want to, but we have a nature of sin. And the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 12, For by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death hath passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That's why all of us are going to die. Because we're all sinners. And sin and death, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 6, verse 23. So, <coughs> we have uh, these things that are representing Christ's virgin birth and His sacrificial and atoning death. His uh, bodily resurrection. We'll get into that when we talk about some of the other things of the tabernacle. The court fence around about it. And you'll find the cords that hold it uh, go down to the stakes. The stake is driven in the ground that speaks of death, but part of it sticking out of the ground speaks of life or resurrection. And when we get into those various other things and give you the details, you'll find that we speak of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. But when we're talking about the boards, there was nothing weak about the plan of God. And there's nothing weak about uh, Christ who came and tabernacled among men. And there's nothing weak about God's plan and purpose to save man. The Bible says that His gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Paul said that in Romans one verse sixteen, I believe, it says Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now we find that um, the tabernacle was as secure as the foundation upon which it rested. It was just as secure. All through the Bible, that silver speaks of redemption. This silver that was made for the sockets were taken of the atonement money, the ransom money for their souls. They should offer a certain amount for each of their uh, salvation. And it was dedicated to the tabernacle. I believe you find that over in uh, the 30th chapter, uh, verse uh, 15 and 16. It says, and the rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. And this was silver shekels. Oh, for ransom money. And it goes on to say in verse 16, And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So all the silver came from ransom money and from atonement money. You might put it that way. So that uh, the foundation upon which our salvation rests, is upon atonement. The atonement of Christ. That's why you find that Scripture that we've quoted so many times. First Peter 1, verse 18. You know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood. Verse 19 of Christ. As of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. And we quote that often because it's a very important uh, part. And we find uh, that Christ is able then to save us to the uttermost that come unto God by Him. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Let me read it for you. It says, Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. The word save there means deliver. It means protect. It means preserve. It means uh, to the uttermost or entirely. Fully ended. Completion. For all those that come unto God by Him. And He's able to save to the fullest extent. That's why that Jesus said, My sheep, in John chapter 10, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them and they follow Me. And listen carefully. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. The word never there is a double negative in the Greek. And it means never, no, not at all. Not under any circumstances. When you have a double negative in the English language, it's improper. But in God's Word, it just adds to the strength of it. So, we find that uh, Jesus said that we shall never perish. Uh, Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then we have those bars that go around to hold the tabernacle together and make it secure. There were 15 bars of wood covered with gold. Long bars were from the, the long bars were from the beginning to the end of one bar. The strength of that. The long bars held it together. Let's think of the long bars. They represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They represent Christ. Uh, in Revelation 1:8, He says, "I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the bar that goes all the way through and holds all of." The framework together. The beginning and the end. I think I mentioned in our last lesson possibly, or at least one of the lessons, where the Alpha and Omega, the first letter and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Think of it for a moment. Of our English alphabet, A and Z, and all the letters in between. And look at the books. Look at the volumes in libraries that have been made up from those letters of our alphabet. And John tells us in his Gospel that the world could not contain the books that should be written about Jesus. That the world, let alone a library, they have the great libraries and dedicated to some of our presidents, but the world could not contain the things that should be written about Jesus. That's in the last chapter of the Gospel of John. And uh, so we find that uh, it's inexhaustible. And by the way, these three long bars, one down the south side, south side and one down the north side and one on the, on the west. Of course, our building is not exactly like that. This is the west and this is the north. and This is the south. But, but this is the south. You've got to turn it around and make it face east. Remember how I told you we had to turn it around and have that front door over here because uh, the uh, entrance of the tabernacle was from the east and then there's a, the uh, table of showbread was on the north side. And this was on the south side. And so, if you can turn a church around this direction, you'll have this to kind of show you a picture of the tabernacle. But anyway, these three long bars could speak of the Trinity as well. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know there were pillars. Jesus is called by... There were five pillars. And Jesus was called by five great names in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 9. Let's look at this. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's called by those five names. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, if you want the verse. And upon him rest all things. He is the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. When we think of this foundation, to make sure that you haven't missed some of the details of it, I'm going to just give you some things I have written down here. The sockets of silver, the foundation of the tabernacle, there was a hundred of them. Two under each of the 48 boards, and there were four under the pillars of the veil. The veil, there were four of these sockets of silver. And we said each weighed a talent, or about 90 pounds. It was taken of the atonement money, which each man above 20 years uh, old must give for a ransom for his soul. It was the redemption price. And we've already been talking about that. The word precious, the precious blood of Christ, signifies how precious our redemption is. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. And it also means exalted work, by the way. And it was on the basis of the atonement that the tabernacle was set up. The basis of redemption by atonement. The the framework of the tabernacle had a special relation to the tabernacle as a whole. And everything was done, we've already mentioned this, according to the will of God and according to God's pattern. And so that means that everything about Jesus was after His pattern. Everything about the person and work of Jesus was about after God's pattern. He was not only God manifest in the flesh, but He said, I do always all those things that the Father told me to do that pleased him and uh, you can study the New Testament throughout and you'll find that that is the pattern and purpose which uh, Christ uh, followed in fact let me give you something in John chapter 1 if you will in John chapter 1 in verse 18 it says no man has seen God at any time the only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him that means he hath told him out. He has revealed him. Uh, John 14, we quote this uh, quite often in the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. And where Jesus said, I'm the way, verse 6, the truth and the life, no man cometh to the Father but by Me. And He says, If ye have known Me, ye should have known My Father also. And from henceforth ye know Him and have seen Him. Philip saith unto Him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. We'll be satisfied if you'll show us the Father. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. He has manifested the Father. As much as man is able to know the Father in this world, Jesus has revealed Him to us. Isn't that an amazing thing? Someone said, I want to see God. Jesus said, look at me. And how sayest thou then, showest the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak in you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, He doeth the works. He says the words, and the works come from the Father. So we're talking about the uh, framework of this tabernacle. Uh, we've studied the coverings, the curtains, the hangings. And they all depend upon the framework. Remember the linen covering inside the ceiling of the tabernacle? Let's see where I have some of that. As we studied that, don't have it handy, but remember it was pure white, clean linen and fine linen, speaks of purity. He was spotless. That's what the priest saw on the inside. And then you had the ram's skin you had the goat's goat's hair, the sin offering, covered that. And then you had the ram skin dyed red, that speaks of the of the uh, death of Christ and bloodshed. And then you have the badger skin, speaks of humility. All four of these coverings, but they had to be held up by the framework of this tabernacle. The purity had to be held up by the tabernacle, the ceiling of it. The uh, next covering of goat's hair, our sin bearer, substitution had to be held up by the tabernacle. Can you imagine all these coverings and how heavy they may have been? I mean, that's quite a load, isn't it? For the framework to bear. But these boards in sockets of silver and with the bars holding the building together and the framework had to hold up all of these coverings. And it's amazing to think of the construction of the tabernacle. It's like I think Brother Wendell mentioned one time about uh, all these... uh, Special guys that built uh, built the Titanic. And it sank. Maybe Brother Nichols or some of you. And then, uh, but old Noah built this big old boat. And he sealed it within and without with pitch. And he built it according to God's plan. And the greatest flood of water that ever came upon this earth, it withstood. It sailed right along. So when God has a plan and a pattern, we can follow it. And we can rest assured that it won't fall apart. Amen. And neither will the work of Christ fall apart. So we ha- it has a special relationship to the tabernacle. The framework. The Bible says that you're bought with a price. You're not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The price was the precious blood of Christ. So when we thought about the coverings and the curtain, the hangings and all depended upon the framework. And if the framework could be overthrown, everything would fall into confusion and be twisted and out of shape and probably collapse. I think I remember telling you about one time that I built a a big room right next to the river down here. Brother Ken Johnson, you remember when he visited with us? Not long back. From back in North Carolina, wasn't it? Or somewhere. Anyway, uh, his dad had me to build a big family room on this house down here on Meander Drive. I can go by and show it to you. And uh, out toward the river. And it had exposed beam, four by sixes for rafters and beams. But it had this one beam, I believe it was eight by 14 inches, about 28 feet long that I had special cut down here at the mill right below Foxworth. There was a sawmill there. They brought it out on the truck and they rolled it off on the ground and I borrowed a cant hook to turn it every day. You know what a cant hook is, don't you? You hook it on and turn logs with. Anyway, I put it on these tubefores about this far apart. And if you didn't turn that old green pine beam every day, you'd end up with like this. <laughs> it would be so twisted out of shape you couldn't use it at all. In fact that's like some of the tubefores you men buy now, isn't it? And don't take those. Get straight ones. But anyway, to make a long story short, I went out there about every day or every two days at least, and I turned it over. One more side. All four sides. And I kept turning it. And so it ended up drying out pretty straight. And I I had it for the center beam right on this building, you know. And the others were exposed. Uh, Four to sixes. All of it was exposed, by the way. So anyway, uh, you must have things that are not twisted out of shape to, to be any good. And this tabernacle, the framework of this tabernacle, w- was certainly not twisted out of shape. And we said if the person of Christ cannot be maintained, every doctrine falls into confusion and the whole system of Christianity becomes uh, chaos. But we can maintain all these doctrines of faith and of grace. We can start with a virgin birth. We can come to the sinlessness of Christ. We can come through the Scriptures and find He's the promised Messiah. He's the one that the Bible said would come and should come. We'll find that His death on the cross was not uh, martyrdom. It was not out of His control. But the Bible tells us in Acts 2, I believe it's verse 23. Let's look over there. That, uh, or maybe it's verse 28. In the book of Acts, the second chapter... And I want you to see this, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, it says, Ye have taken and with wicked hands have crucified and slain. That's verse 23, Acts 2, verse 23. So he was delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. And the men took him and crucified him and slew him on the tree. So that we find that actually uh, this fulfilled the purpose of God and the plan of God for our salvation. And that's why the Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because it was God's plan from the beginning of time. Before man had ever sinned, God looked down and provided for our salvation. We sing a song, Oh the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh the grace that brought it down to man. And isn't that a wonderful song? Well listen, uh, we don't have time to get into the next section because it's a completely different section and I don't want to just get started in it and not be able to deal with it thoroughly. So we'll let that...